Hello guys and welcome to episode 17 of the Beat Your Backlog podcast, a podcast discussing the things gamers like to put off, get to another day, and oh yes, we'll definitely beat later their backlog. I'm your host Adam and today we are going to be having a very Japanese-centric podcast as we will be discussing the recent Nintendo Direct and my Japanese holiday that I just had. I did a lot of gamer-themed activities on the holiday. Like uh, I went to the Nintendo store, I went to the Pokemon centers, I went to Super Nintendo land and I thought it might be nice for for some of you guys to kind of hear my thoughts on those things. So at the end of the episode, we will talk about that. But first, yes, this surprise Nintendo Direct and yeah, just in general, the, the Summer Game Fest, there's been a lot, a lot of new news like most of it actually happened whilst I was in Japan that's why I haven't made any podcast uh, episodes about it because I was too late I guess and then people wouldn't really be interested in listening to them a couple of weeks after they happened but yeah Sony showed up I mean kind of they had some interesting stuff the Xbox showcase and the Starfield showcase was amazing like it got me so hyped it's the first time ever where I've been like I'm hyped to be an Xbox fan like I've always been, uh, I've always been an Xbox fan, but it's kind of always been a bit like, yeah, okay, one day they might get it right, one day they might get it right. Like we've talked about this before with the Redfall release, that oh yeah, they have these dominoes in in lined up and they just need to fall. And I hope, I hope, I've got my fingers crossed that this Xbox showcase and and this Starfield showcase at the start of that fall, especially with Starfield, it looks immense. They did forty five minutes on the game and really just showed everything. And yeah, there's just so much there to like to do. Let's see if they, they, they stick the landing with it. But so far, it looks very much like this is the game that we are hoping for. It kind of reminded me of No Man's Sky in the sense of like, here is all of this stuff and this huge universe. But what I think was really important to me was that they, they keep this Bethesda um, kind of software feeling there. And at least from what they've shown as they have with these, you know, these cities and these stories and, and you have companions. And I even like that they really went into detail with the backstory of your character that you can choose these traits that give you some kind of special effects that might just happen randomly. Like they said about like there's one where you are, you have a back backstory of being a chef or having some understanding of cooking. And it might be that you go into a restaurant and there is some kind of skill check there. And that, that's the thing that I really like with Bethesda games and also you know games that like like Knights of the Old Republic where it was kind of okay if you want to put points into persuasion or kind of your your like uh, charisma you could do that and that would help you in conversations and that's that's really how I like to play those games so I'm really excited for for Starfield and also for Xbox in general there's a lot of really great games coming to to that platform but also a lot of really great games coming to the N- Nintendo Switch. I think people were a bit apprehensive about this Direct. Um, I think until it, all we really knew for the rest of the year for the, the Switch was that Pikmin 4 was coming out. But it was also then very much shrouded in mystery of what was going to be next. What what scope is Nintendo going to take next? Because, yeah, we, we seem to be at the end of the life cycle for Nintendo Switch. Or at least that's what we thought uh, with Zelda releasing um yeah a lot of the big games kind of up in the air whether or not they would be on this system or the next if there is going to be a next system that still also kind of seems to be a big question mark like i really hope there will be one soon especially after playing um zelda on my switch Lite a lot in japan i was like god i would love a new console i like just that just looks better is just a bit bigger and i know there is the oled version but i'm like yeah i don't want to invest in that because i'd rather just wait like a year or two for the next one to come out but still yeah it was very much open-ended and nintendo kind of i think realized that and came out and was like hey 
bang, here is everything that is coming within the next year. Um, or here is everything we're, we're willing to show you that is coming in the next year. And yeah, it was really impressive. So I guess we should just get straight into it. So the Nintendo Direct took place on, on June 21st. Uh, it kicked off at 4pm uh, here in, in Austria. And I think it was quite early in the US and 3pm uh, in, in the UK. And uh, yeah, I kind of summarize this one as Mario Mania in the Nintendo Direct. Because as we go through it, you'll kind of see a Mario theme there. And uh, like I said, after being in Japan and after the success of the movie, you can kind of see why Nintendo is pushing a lot of Mario. But yeah, so first the, the Direct opened up and we got some Pokemon DLC for Scarlet and Violet, uh, which is called the Hidden Treasures of Area Zero. Uh, it looks like the, the DLC is broken into two parts uh, with the Teal Mask section um, coming fall 2023, which seemed to be more of like a, you are out in nature and you are kind of, yeah, they, they kind of split it into two. So there was the Teal Mask and the Indigo Disc. And the Indigo Disc, to me, seemed a bit like the the Battle uh, Island or the Battle Towers. And at least that's what I thought it was at first. They mentioned the Blueberry Academy. There is this huge kind of environment there that looked like a massive um, safari zone. Or if you played the you know the, the wild area in, in Sword and Shield, it looked very much like that. And yeah, they were kind of like trying to place them up as like, yeah, one is more about nature, one is more about technology, which is interesting. And um, yeah, the Indigo Disc, I don't know if they gave a date for it, but I didn't write one down. And that's also something, yeah, interestingly, in in, in uh, Japan, I actually bought Pokemon Scarlet. I got the Japanese version of the game uh, because, yeah, quite interestingly, like at least in, in Europe and probably in the US, like Nintendo games and Pokemon games specifically never tend to really lose value. It's like they come out and they're always around, around 60 euros or $60, like, you know, you might be able to get one for 50 second hand if you're lucky, but it's always around that that uh, that price point of because they just hold their value. Everyone, they're just desirable. Everyone wants to buy them. But in Japan, it's uh, quite interesting because I, I think I managed to pick up Pokemon Scarlet for like 20 euros because they have all of these second, uh, second hand stores. I got it in book off and uh, yeah, they had just loads and loads of copies. Um, I got mine, yeah, like I said, for I think 20 euros or around about that. It might have been, even been a bit less. And that was pretty much the only reason I bought it. I was very much up for skipping this version just because I, I still am really annoyed about how uh, like badly the version was released. Even though apparently the game is great. I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm getting a bit sick of these Pokemon uh, Pokemon games charging 60, like full price for a game and then releasing just games that look and run poorly. Like, they, there should be no excuse for it. Uh, but, yeah, but then since I was like, okay, it's a lot cheaper and it's also kind of cool to have a Japanese version of the game, that's why I picked it up there. So, yeah, maybe when these this this first DLC drops in, in the fall of this year or in autumn of this year, I'll actually play the game and uh, get into it and then obviously make a podcast episode. Next up, we had Sonic Superstars, which I think was first shown off during the Xbox presentation. Uh, I've actually listened to um, a few podcasters about this, especially kind of funny, and they they, they got to go hands on with it at, at S uh, what's it called Summer Game Fest. I, I can't remember the the shorthand for it, uh, SGF, I guess. And yeah, apparently you know the game is like a two D Sonic game um, in the sense of Sonic One, Sonic Two, and Sonic Three, and also Sonic Mania where they say, at least from, from their hands-on, they said, yeah, it has like the, a lot of the, the, the level design of Sonic Mania, but the game still feels very much like an older Sonic game, uh, just with a new coat of paint, which I think is, is quite cool for people that are Sonic fans. This is, might be something that's very appealing to them. 
Uh, an interesting thing that they've added to this is four player local co-op and this is also kind of a theme that you will see in the Nintendo Direct that everyone seems to be having four player local co-op at the minute and uh, yeah again it's, it's kind of like more Zelda I guess they're going off of the success of Sonic Mania and maybe with this new art style they're trying to get new people into the game like with the, the pixel art like although arguably it looks better it does feel more old-fashioned and maybe it was hard it's harder for people to distinguish between sonic mania as being actually like a modern sonic game and the original sonic games and maybe with this new art style they're hoping that that will will change that and yeah it's coming out this year which is exciting so it was kind of announced and will be coming out in a few months which is is great for sonic fans and yeah as we'll see later on with Mario, it's nice to have these 2D platformers back and hopefully both of them will be will be really high quality. Uh, next up we had Singularity 6, which is a free-to-play adventure sim where you can build houses, grow crops. Uh, it has online co-op, you can do fishing and it does seem like there is a story there. I wrote down here, it, to me it feels like a mix of Valheim and Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite mostly because of the art style and Valheim because of this uh, cooperative base building, resource gathering. Again, it's a f one of those farm simulators that we saw a lot of in the last Nintendo Direct or in the last Indie World, whichever one I made the podcast on. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like if you're into those kind of games and you want to play with your friends online, this is a nice option. The art style looked quite okay. Like if you like that Fortnite cartoony style. And yeah, it, it's like I said, it seems to have a story. So it, that might be more kind of appealing to people than people that just want to get into the coziness of having like a loop, you know, like in, in, in Animal Crossing where the whole game loop is just looking after your house or your garden or whatever. At least there is some story there. And the game is coming out in holiday 2023. Next up, we had then Persona 5 Tactica, which again was shown, I think, at the Xbox Showcase. So it's basically a, a Persona 5 spin-off uh, with a, like a chibi kind of art direction. It's coming out on November 17th, and the game, at least from the, the trailers, looks a lot like, yeah, if you think of Final Fantasy Tactics, where it's, it's grid-based uh, grid battles on kind of like multiple levels. That's what it looks like, but it's also a Persona game, so it has like a lot of really good production value. It looks really great. The the animations, um, the especially like the two D animations and everything, the UI design, which Persona Five became famous for, looks really nice here. And uh, yeah, it's also kind of cool to see more Persona games coming off of the PlayStation Five. Uh, like I said, this one got announced on Xbox, but and I, I'm I always get confused if Persona Five the actual base like core game ever came off playstation or it's still exclusive to it because i feel like there's been so many persona spin-offs and extra editions i can't remember which one is which but in general i think it's good that these these games are getting off of the off of the playstation console uh, and coming to the switch and, and xbox is nice and yeah if i didn't say already november 17th if you're interested in that one then we had myth force which stylistically looks really really awesome it's it's kind of inspired by saturday morning cartoons and they had a lot of references to saturday morning cartoons i think uh, specifically masters of the universe where it looks like there you are it's like a first person uh, i would say shooter but it's set in like a medieval dungeons and dragons kind of world so it looked like you had different classes like you're shooting bows and you had uh, magic and like there was like maybe a rogue there so it's all first person Again, as we can see, it has four-player online co-op, and it seemed like it was like drop-in, drop-out. So 
I'm not sure if the game, because I think the game is already out on Steam and I heard that they just did a massive update to it. But I'm not sure if there are, if it's like roguelike dungeons where the dungeons are procedurally generated and you have runs where you want to get try, try to get far as far as you can through them. Uh, it wasn't really clear from this video and I don't know myself. Um, but it looks interesting and yeah, it was just interesting because it said it had drop-in, drop-out co-op. So if you can just drop in, help someone out and then leave and that person can continue with the game, that would be quite cool, especially if it is a, a roguelike. And uh, again, yeah, the art style looks really interesting. If you have four players to play with, then yeah, it seems like it would be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, like I said, from some other podcasts, um, there was the, I can't remember her name, but her kind of gamer tag is the, the Indian former. She was on the kind of funny games daily podcast the other day and she was mentioning this. So it's kind of interesting that it was brought up. Um, and yeah, it's just slated for 2023 for the Switch. Then we had a Splatfest, and yeah, this one was a sweet-themed one, which is, uh, you know, the Splatfest, if you don't know what they are, they are like a, a tournament between three teams where you can join one of the teams, and then the more you are involved within the actual Splatfest, the more points your team gets, and at the end, one team wins. This one was themed on flavors of ice cream, so I think it was mint choc chip, strawberry and chocolate, I would say i can't remember if chocolate was one of them but i would guess that was what the other one was or maybe not because um choc chip is in the ice is in mint so it might be banana i don't know basically three flavors of ice cream and the event goes from july 14th to july 16th really cool that uh, splatoon yeah they're still getting these events I, I missed out on splatoon 3 i was a massive splatoon 2 player back when it first dropped i think in the first week i paid like i don't know a week and a half maybe played like 40 hours and then after that, never played again because, uh, yeah, it was back in the time where there wasn't much to play on the Switch. And I invested a lot of time into the game really early. And then eventually, you know, the curve hit me where I was getting getting placed with better players and then was losing all the time. And I was like, oh, I don't want to play this game anymore. So, yeah, I didn't have that time to invest in Splatoon 3, but I can really appreciate what a cool game it is. And Splatoon as well, uh, in Japan, it was it was all over the place. Like on the on the underground trains, they had advertising for it. Like they even had like um, kind of questions. Like it was all in Japanese, obviously, but it was kind of like a question of like about octopuses. And then there was one where it, there was like an animation of uh, three of the, the, what they call squid kids or whatever they're called. I can't remember their names. But it was like a yellow one, a blue one, and a pink one or whatever. And they were all fighting. It was this really cool animation that reminded me of the the Smash Brothers. Um, the very first reveal where then in, in the eye of the Squid Kid. What are they called? I think it's Squid Kid. I don't know. Whatever they're called. Uh, or the Inklings, right? The Inklings. Yeah, in the Inkling, you saw the Smash logo. Um, it was like like that, and then at the end of the video, it had like the where it zooms out to the map, and then it shows you which team wins, like stuff like that. Also in Uniqlo, Uniqlo had like a a clothing line just for Splatoon. Uh, none of it was really to my my taste, but still, it's kind of cool to see how popular Splatoon is uh, in Japan and I guess in general all over the world because they keep putting on these these events and keep releasing games. And yeah, I think then next up, we kind of had like the first big hit for me, which is Detective Pikachu Returns. So yeah, Detective Pikachu, I think the first game came out on 3DS. I think it was the first one or the, like, the second one, maybe uh, a few years ago where they then released like the giant Pikachu Amiibo. 
Um, but yeah, the first one on the Switch, like, I really like these games because it's kind of like a really cool spin-off in the Pokemon world. Like, you have this this coffee-drinking Pikachu that talks with his kind of companion. Um, and the game, yeah, like, it's set in, like, an interesting in feeling city. Like, the city feels very much very British. And even in the movie, kind of, I think it was set in, like, a, a world based on London. So it's, it's yeah, just really interesting, like, what they can do with these, these different franchises and keeping pokemon feeling fresh and and yeah i'm happy this game's on the switch because i i didn't really want to go back and play the 3ds one although apparently it's quite good so yeah this was the like the first big hit and all, we also got a release date for it which is october 6th so yeah not not long to wait we only have about three and a half months or less than three and a half months until that game comes out so that's like the first big hitter the next one straight into it was super mario rpg the, I don't think they're calling it a remaster or a remake, but it looks like a a remake made in with a modern art style. I don't think they, at least they didn't say that they've changed anything to do with like controls or the actual game itself. It just looks like they've given it a, a fresh coat of paint and they actually said it returns with brand new graphics. My opinion, it looks great. This is one of those games where I've always been like, I would love to play it, but it just, because of the, the graphics, it always did seem a bit uh, inaccessible for me personally. Uh, like I know that you can get to the game. Like I'm, I'm not sure. You might have to correct me if it's. On, I'm not sure if it's on the SNES um, classic thing on the Nintendo Switch Online. But yeah, great. Like okay, take this older game that people have a lot of love and respect for. Put a new coat of paint on it and release it. And again, we had another release date of 17th of November, which is awesome. So we're already looking at the end of the year. We have. Uh, in fall, Pokemon. We have in October, Pokemon again, I guess, with Detective Pikachu. Then November, we have Super Mario RPG. Then they kind of teased us with some more Mario games, which was quite interesting. It looks like Peach is getting her own game where she is a... It was set on kind of a stage, so I don't know if it's based around dancing or, or acting or something. But yeah, Peach is on a stage. It was like a 2D side-scrolling thing as well. It's just a little teaser for that, but interesting that we, we get it. That we're getting that that they're giving peach her own thing and then we also got shown uh luigi's luigi's mansion dark moon remaster uh they told us it's in development again it was just a teaser video which is awesome because i just bought on the 3ds uh luigi's mansion 2 so i'm kind of happy that they're remastering this because um to buy the original game on the gamecube is really expensive so uh yeah i'm kind of happy that this is happening again they just said it's it's in development and both coming next year and they're going to show more details in the future and then that was like the first kind of mario section over then they went into more kind of uh, third party stuff so the first thing we saw was the batman arkham trilogy uh, box set i guess you would call it um yeah so all three of the arkham batman arkham games from rocksteady are coming in one bundle it's coming fall 2023 um yeah to me these games i don't know i've, ne I've never really been that into them i've heard i've heard they're good games to me, from the video, they looked a bit dated and looked a bit old. Like, I think Arkham, the first one, is like a PS3 game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they run well on the Switch, but to me, like, the fidelity just isn't really there on the Switch, I would say. And, and these, girl, these games, they fall into that old, like, art direction that was there at the end of the PS3 area where everything has to just be dark and, and brown and kind of grey and gritty. And uh, yeah, I, f I think those types of games don't really, they haven't really aged well now. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm not really into these games. I'm i am not sure who is, to be honest. Like, not in the sense of 
that people that like them of course there are a lot of batman fans but who is waiting for this to, to come to switch i feel like if these games have been out long enough that if you've if you wanted to play them you could have played them in various other places it'll be interesting to see what the the price for this is because i i don't know switch fans are crazy but if they're trying to sell this for like 60 dollars for the free games i, I don't I don't know. I I don't know why you would buy it because I'm pretty sure you can get all of these games on sale on PlayStation for like probably ten dollars or something if you wait. Um, but yeah, it's an option. It's there. It will be interesting to see how they do. Then we moved on to Gloomhaven, which uh, yeah, it's apparently based on a board game. It has turn-based card combat. There are seventy mercenaries to choose from. It's grid-based. Six hundred uh, two hundred sixty plus missions, and it's coming September eighteenth. Yeah, this one kind of passed me by. I was like, "All right, cool." Like, if you're into these, if you're into the board game, then it's nice that there is a video game of it. Not really for me, but cool that it's there. Then we had the Just Dance 2024 edition, and yeah, it's Just Dance, more Just Dance. They had some some new songs. They're going to be updating it with new songs throughout the year. Again, not really for me, but these games are still really popular with, I guess, a younger audience. So you know, for kids, it's a great birthday, uh, Christmas present. And uh, I didn't actually write down the release date for that, but I'm sure it's coming later this year. Or it might already be out, who knows. <laughs> uh, the next game we got was a game called Silent Hope, uh, which was quite interesting. It's an action RPG and the kind of like uh, tagline is a kingdom stolen of words. Um, so yeah, so it seems like the whole point of the game is, is that a, <clears throat> excuse me, an evil king steals the voices of this entire kingdom and you are a hero who goes back, uh, goes back, to try and get those voices back, I should say. Uh, they boasted that they have procedural dungeons. It has farming and crafting. And then I put in, in comments, in brackets, of course. Uh, it seems like it has some roguelike mechanics. Uh, in my opinion, it looks a bit like a mobile game. Maybe it is. Maybe it's been ported over. Uh, and it's coming on October 3rd. Then we went into one of the famous Nintendo Direct montages. Where we got shown... I'm not sure... If, yeah, no, there is new games. We got some updates on old games and also some new games. So the first one we got an update on was a game called Fae Farm, which is, yeah, a magical farming sim where, yeah, again, <laughs> there is a four-player co-op. Uh, it's a cons console exclusive on the Switch and it's coming on May, uh, sorry, not May, September 8th. Then we got Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, uh, Turbo Charge, and, yeah, I think the first game of this came out a couple of years ago and actually seemed to do really well like it was a really good racing game and people seem to like it so it's nice that there's another game coming out and they are saying that in this game you can do make your own custom tracks there is split screen uh, there's 12 player online races and the game is coming out on october 19th then we had manic uh, mechanic which to me reminded me of like an overcooked game where there are multiple players playing at once and every player has to do one specific job and it's all about communication but instead of it being overcooked where you cook a meal in this you are a mechanic and you're repairing cars which is quite a cool idea it says that you can play it solo but also it has up to four player co-op and it launches first on nintendo switch i don't know if they gave a release date but i didn't write one down so you'll have to google that yourself then we had mario and rabbit sparks of hope um with their second paid dlc is launching called the last spark hunter um, launches on the same day as the direct so it's already out since yesterday and the demo is available now i actually heard some interesting like tidbits about you know mario and rabbit sparks of hope how it didn't seem to perform that well 
and uh, the CEO of Ubisoft was saying that Nintendo suggested to them that they should wait uh, on making this this second game and release it on the next version of the Switch or on the next console because Nintendo's strategy is always to be like, here is one version of a franchise on each console, um, which maybe tells people or should tell people that, yeah, you know, we're not getting a Mario Kart 9 on the Switch. We're not getting like a, a Super Mario Odyssey 2 or anything like that on, on this version of the Switch. Maybe on the next one, those will be launch titles. But yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting to get like an insider view on or a very short inside view onto how Nintendo thinks and what they tell their partners. Um, and it, apparently they know what they're talking about because yes, Sparks of Hope didn't live up to the sales figures that Ubisoft had. And finally in the montage, and, and I guess... Uh, I think it was in the montage actually but yeah maybe it wasn't <laughs> um but by far the most interesting thing for me was dragon quest monsters the dark prince and yeah it's dragon quest monsters um if you don't know what that is it's i guess the easiest way to explain it is it's dragon quest pokemon like you are a monster wrangler i think they call it and you go out and wrangle monsters and use them to fight against other monsters and yeah apparently in this game there's like a really cool evolution system where you the monsters don't evolve but you have to kind of mix two monsters together to get a new monster and there is also like a, a rating on them that goes from like f to s or a or whatever it is um and yeah there's like a lot of depth to the actual monster hunting and to trying to make the perfect monster i actually have this game on uh, nintendo ds the first one i haven't played it but I'm kind of happy, yeah, that they're, they're bringing out a new one on the Switch. It comes out on December 1st. And the, the thing I'm most interested to see is how, you know, how different this looks and runs compared to the Pokemon games. Because this game just seems like a Pokemon game. And, yeah, if they can manage to get Dragon Quest monsters looking like an actual world that is alive and isn't just, like, flat textures on, on like, polygons... Then uh, again, the Pokemon team doesn't really have any excuse anymore, and I I already think they don't have any excuse anymore. So yeah, excited for that one on December first. Then we went into the the real meat of the show, which is a a kind of I wouldn't say deep dive, but a quick overview of Pikmin Four and what the game is about. And they first they started off with Uchi and kind of repeated a lot of stuff that they said before that you can use him to pick up items, you, you can use him to swim. Um, but then what they showed us was uh, some new stuff. So there is an underground to the game, which is funny because, you know, it seems to be a, a theme that has carried over from Zelda. And in the underground, um, you are sort of like uh, in the underground, the enemies are more dangerous. And uh, or is no, that's something else. No, I'm thinking of the night expedition. But yeah, anyway, there's an underground. You go hunting for treasure. They, they they showed some of the treasure, and one of them was like one of the clamshell Game Boy Advances, which kind of really reminded me of, of the Astro Bot game on PS5. Uh, then they also showed off a Dandori battle, which is kind of like a, a battle mini game within the game where you kind of have to maneuver your Pikmin around a battle arena against, I guess it's against an NPC or like an AI. I don't think you can play against other players. And then you collect these 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 castaways that then give you perks. And then, yeah, then there is also the night expeditions. So in the night expeditions, they're introducing a new Pikmin called the Glow Pikmin, uh, which you need to use to fight against the baddies because the baddies are more dangerous at night. Again, very, feeling very much like Zelda. And even like the noises they played at night, it's really, I think it was like the same effect they, they used for the Blood Moon in Zelda. So yeah, 
Um, so it was kind of nice to see a nice overview of Pikmin 4. Again, another story from Japan. When we went to the Nintendo store, I was like, I was like, I really want to buy some Zelda merch. And then got there and like the Zelda merch was like, a lot of it was sold out. And also the stuff that was left was like very much like, okay, I, like the t-shirts, I was like, this doesn't look nice. Like I wouldn't want to wear this. And then as I kind of looked around the Nintendo store, I was like, yeah, actually quite a lot of the t-shirts here I'm, I'm not really that into. Like they're a little bit like too over the top, like, you know. And then we found one that was a Pikmin one where it was, it's like a white t-shirt with a, with a, a pocket on it. And it's funny because the pocket is like at an angle and then there are all of these Pikmin around it as if like someone, if they, as if they're stealing it or as if they're trying to put it up. And I was like, ah, oh, I really like that t-shirt, but I've never played a Pikmin game. So I feel like a, like a phony buying it. But my wife convinced me to buy it. And then when I, when I wore it to Nintendo Land, I got so many like compliments from the, the people there on it. And they're like, oh, did you buy that here? Like, oh, where, did, where can I get the Pikmin t-shirt? And I was like, yeah, no, I got it in Tokyo and not, not here. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. So uh, yeah, Pikmin 4, I'm definitely gonna uh, purchase it. So I'm not such a phony and I, I actually know what the game is. And uh, yeah, it's coming out very soon, less than a month uh, on July 21st. So I'm looking forward to that. And what was even cooler was that, yeah, they shadow dropped uh, Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 2 HD remakes on the Switch. They are out now. Like, I don't think I'm going to pick those up as much as I'd like to. I think I'm just going to wait for Pikmin 4. Um, but if you're a massive Pikmin fan and you like the Pikmin 3 Deluxe or whatever it was called and you want to play the first two, you can do. They're on the Switch right now. And also there is a demo of Pikmin 4 out on June 28th. would be interesting to know if the demo carries over your progress so that if you buy the game, you don't have to replay the demo again. But because it's Nintendo, I doubt that is the case. Uh, yeah, then we moved on to another kind of classic franchise that is kind of getting like the, you know, the the things they put on if you have a, if your heart stops and they like bring you back to life. Uh, yeah, like that with Metal Gear Solid, uh, the Master Collection Volume 1. And yeah, the collection, I think we'd heard about this before at, I think it was a PlayStation showcase where um, Metal Gear Delta was shown. But I don't think they really went into so much depth as, depth as to what was in it. So yeah, I kind of tried to write down as much as I could, but it says the collection in includes Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Then it says it has Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake, the SNES version of Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. I don't know what the difference is. Then also a digital comment, comic, a digital soundtrack, digital strategy guides, which I thought was quite cool. And I think some like digital um, like uh, art books as well. And they also said that uh, free games are releasing separately on the Switch. So I'm assuming it's Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. And the whole collection is coming out on October 24th. And for me, yeah, I the only Metal Gear Solid game I've played is Metal Gear 5, and I didn't play it that much. So I'm, I'm really happy that, like, Konami, for whatever reason, is seeing value in Metal Gear Solid again and is putting this collection out because, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's an easy way to, to play it. Like, I'm not sure if the collection is coming to Xbox. I don't know if they confirm that. But I think I would, I probably would play it on Xbox, to be honest, and not on the Switch. But I'm happy that... Um, yeah, I'm happy that this exists. I'm happy that it, it's really going to be accessible to the current generation uh, to play, hopefully. I mean, 
let's see what to to what extent they change the collection because i remember playing i think metal gear solid 2 sons of liberty on the ps vita and the controls were horrible like almost unplay oh it was unplayable like i just i just stopped playing because it was so convoluted the controls i don't even think i got off the first like you know at the start where you're on the ship where snake drops in and yeah i i didn't even get past that i think i was just like fuck this <laughs> and uh yeah so i'm happy i hope maybe they, they they update the controls a little bit and it would be nice to play them because yeah as much as a lot of people are kind of very anti konami and anti the, the metal gear delta remake i'm kind of like yeah please like update the game give it new graphics make it more accessible make it modern and i'll i'll happily play it because and even though Kana, uh, what's he called kojima's not involved and like as long as they don't change the story then it should it should be fine um but either way if you're not into the the remake then you can play the original here in this collection and the collection comes out on october 24th so again the end of this year is getting busy next up we had uh the probably the best game of the entire uh, Nintendo Direct was shown and that was Vampire Survivors. Uh, it's coming out on August 17th and again we have four player couch co-op but I think in this instance I'm this is like a great game to have it because when Vampire Survivors came out on Xbox Game Pass me and my wife both kind of got like a little bit addicted to it. Um, me more so but it would be cool to be able to play it with her and play together in the same game and uh yeah, I think this is a really good update for the game. It wasn't clear if the, all of the DLC that's come out since the original release is included as well in the Nintendo Switch version, or if it's just the the, the like the the base game or the vanilla version. But it's awesome that it's coming to the Switch. I think it will do really well. Like it seems to have done really well on Steam Deck, and on mobile, and on Xbox. So if you haven't got a chance to play it uh, at all, and you, and you only have a Nintendo Switch, this is like a game you must play out of all of these and i highly suggest it um yeah then we went on to headbangers rhythm royale coming out at, on october 31st which is halloween which is quite interesting and it is a rhythm battle royale where you play as a pigeon there are 20 mini games based around kind of like rhythm gamey mechanics interesting i think it's always interesting to see new battle royales that aren't shooters because i think those are the most interesting battle royales this had a very cool art style in like it seemed very much like you play as a pigeon and the art style kind of reminded me of like play-doh as if each of the, the pigeons had been 3d sculpted with play-doh and animated like that so it's definitely interesting looking interesting concept and like i said i think battle royales that aren't shooters are the most interesting battle royales so let's see how this performs um, I don't know. It's like I say, it's interesting that they're releasing it on Halloween because usually Halloween is overrun with like horror games or like Halloween themed games or Halloween themed content. So I, it might get lost in the release. But yeah, let's see. Maybe it stands out on its own and uh, can can make a little like little niche uh, crowd for itself. Then next up, we had Penny's Big Breakaway. Uh, which I'm assuming is coming from Sega. I didn't write it down, but they said it's uh, a 3D platforming adventure from the Sonic Mania team. And yeah, to me, this kind of just looked like Sonic, like you were chasing golden coins, but you're also running up like half pipes and ramps. And then there's like this kind of interesting like mechanic with a yo-yo. Um, this game, I think, would have just kind of flown over my head if it wasn't if they didn't say it was made by the Sonic Mania team. Like we know what that that team is capable of, at least with two D platformers. 
so yeah maybe this is like the next big 3d platformer like the the next big kind of new ip that becomes famous in 3d platformers we haven't had really i would say a, a really good like popular one in a while um so yeah hopefully this game can carve out a niche because that what was that game square enix release which was terrible with all of like the hats uh yeah i mean that was that had that game had a lot of high hopes and came out and was terrible um so yeah hopefully this one will will not be terrible and can uh yeah maybe create like a new platforming icon and it's coming out in early 2024 then again a game that just will not go away is mario kart 8 deluxe as they announced wave 5 of the dlc it seems that they have a new track um added and they also have three new characters uh, P, uh pt piranha wiggler and kamek uh it's coming 20 summer 2023 so within the next three months i would say and yeah it's cool because if you already have the the online the nintendo switch online expansion pack it's already included so you get it for free so yeah if you're a if you if you're playing mario kart 8 and you need, want some new characters or some new tracks to play this is perfectly for you especially if you already have the expansion pack and again, I think just them them updating this uh, this platform just kind of shows that yeah, like there's definitely not another Mario Kart coming anytime soon. Then we had like quite an interesting looking game called Star Rush in the Second Story R, which apparently is a Star Rush and two remake. Um, it's a mixture of two D and three D graphics, sci-fi RPG where you can choose between like uh, male or female characters and uh yeah basically your decisions within the game affect who becomes part of your team so i think it's trying to say that there is re replay replayability within the game because you can choose one of the characters uh, one of two characters and depending what how you act with those two characters you will have different people that join your team and yeah i think i don't know what this game originally came out with that seemed like a big selling point maybe in like the early 2000s which is maybe when this game first came out or maybe even before that uh, to me, I was like, okay, this, this is definitely for someone. Someone is probably like going crazy that this game got announced. Uh, not really for me, but I'm happy that it's coming out for those people that, that are, are excited. And it's coming out on November 2nd. Then probably the most like unneeded game of, of the Direct was WarioWare Move It. Um, so yeah, it's WarioWare, you know, with where it has like hundreds and hundreds of micro games but this one seems to be around using the gyroscope in the joy cons and getting you up off the sofa and moving again i feel like it's unnecessary because the last mario the last warioware came out not that long ago and kind of just came out and then was never heard of again so i can't imagine that it's done too well and like not not like just sales but i feel like people didn't really like it didn't stick around like people weren't really talking about it and from the, the streamers that i saw they that were playing it they were kind of like yeah this is like an okay warrior where it's not the best so yeah i think then trying to then pair that with okay now here is warrior wear and you have to get up and milk the cow or whatever it's a bit of like a stretch but we will see again another game coming out at the end of the year on november 3rd so yeah nintendo is really loading the the final quarter of the year um so yeah i don't know if you feel like uh, getting up and playing some micro games during the christmas period this might be the game for you then we had some kind of updates for nintendo uh, the first one was nintendo live 2023 is going to be in seattle 
between September 1st and 4th, where there will be lots of different tournaments happening with various Nintendo games. Then we had uh, a Zelda, the Knights of the Knights, Tears of the the Kingdom update, where they said there will be two new Amiibo coming out uh, in the holiday this year. One will be of Zelda and one will be of Ganondorf. And then we had the final announcement of the show, where basically we witnessed Mario's first drug trip uh, in Super Mario's Wonder. And yes, finally, 2D Mario with a new art style that doesn't look like this stale kind of, don't know, like, like, like I don't know the the other one the, all of them the 2D Mario games the Super Mario Bros since the DS the, the art style just looks so bland to me um, and yeah that was for me the biggest the biggest change I was like wow they've actually they've changed the perspective of Mario they've changed the art style there seems to be various different art styles within the game itself uh, there is like actual spoken like voice lines in the game there are new enemies um <clears throat> There is this new wonder flower that makes everything, like I said, look like Mario is on a drug drug trip. Uh, there is co-op, and it looks like it's up to four players. There's to- a talking flower, like I said. There is uh, a, a mushroom that turns Mario into an elephant. And you can play it as Daisy, which apparently is a big thing. And yeah, this it just looks gorgeous. Like um, this is, I think, exactly what this this franchise needed, especially after like the Super Mario Wii, Super Mario Bros. Wii U, which just seemed like an unnecessary game that was like, okay, here is another good Mario game, but not really didn't really move the needle for this for the series as a whole. So it looks like yeah, this is like refreshing, like new new style. There's still a question if the Mario um, voice actor is involved. I've seen a few things of people discussing that online, whether or not there uh, he's involved. Let's see. Um, yeah, to me, I'm kind of like yeah, if he's, he is or isn't, whatever. But uh, yeah, this is like the first 2D Mario game I've been excited for since a long time. So I'm I'm really excited for this. And again, we don't have long to wait because it's coming out on the 20th of October. So yeah, we're looking this year between October and December, uh, a lot, a lot of games on the Nintendo Switch. And again, it was kind of interesting because before this this direct we didn't really know about any of these games we didn't know about super mario bros wonder we didn't know about WarioWare. we didn't know about um what else did they, they announce pikmin one and two obviously that just got announced we knew about pikmin four yeah dragon quest monsters was new like but at least if we're just looking from from nintendo yeah there was the Luigi's Mansion, the Peach game. We didn't know about Super Mario RPG. We didn't know about Detective Pikachu. Um, we didn't know about the Pokemon DLC. So, like, yeah, there's like five or six games or pieces of content that we have now for the end of the year. Um, and, yeah, it goes from making this year look like the weakest of Nintendo's to making it probably not the, one of the strongest. I mean, you... St- Oh, I mean, yeah, you have Zelda this year, so maybe one of the strongest by the end of the year. Who knows if if all of the, if Mario RPG is is good, if if Pikmin is good, and if this Super Mario Bros. Wonder is good, then yeah, it could be up there that this is probably one of the best years for Nintendo Switch, and probably one of the best years for video games in ge- in general. Because yeah, this summer Game Fest. Or this summer of announcements has just been unreal. We have so many new things to 
to play and also uh, to know about and also yeah just to play there are so many games like right now i think today final fantasy 16 came out which is getting glowing reviews and people saying it's like one of one of or if not the best uh final fantasy game so yeah a lot of uh stuff to get our teeth into but yeah well that was all or that is all in the future i want to talk about a little bit about the past because like i said i was i've been in japan for three weeks and we did a lot of video game stuff there and i think it's kind of yeah it's, it's i don't know it's interesting because japan it's it's so very much like video game centric that if you if you have like any interest in video games like there's a lot of stuff there i would suggest that you you do but then as we got there i was kind of like yeah a lot of the stuff actually just revolves around like buying or going to shops or cafes and then i was kind of a bit like eh, you know is that really like worth it like there's so much stuff you could do in japan um other than going to a video game shop or a video game cafe but to be honest i ended up pretty much going to all of them <laughs> like at least looking to them so we went to like i said we went to the nintendo store uh it was absolutely jam-packed full of people like i said i, I was kind of like yeah i want to get some zelda stuff was barely any Zelda stuff there and the stuff that was there I didn't like but it was kind of nice like I on my Instagram at switch indie fix I think it is or it might be now at byb underscore podcast I took a photo with Link and there's photos of, of Isabel from Animal Crossing and Mario and uh yeah it was just like like I said it was just packed full of people and of like pretty much across the way from it is is one of the Pokemon centers again getting into the store it was like oh it's cool to be here because there is these cool statues but the store itself was a bit like like yeah just stuff where i'm like all right people come here to buy to buy like plushies or whatever but there, there wasn't really anything too too amazing there but again it was nice to kind of see like a dedicated store just to pokemon because we obviously at least in in austria and i think in most of europe we don't have anything like that uh, so I took a few pictures there too. And then the biggest highlight, I guess, was, um, well, actually, yeah, then we went to another few stores. So we went to uh, Super Potato, which is like a, a famous retro store. That was really cool because you were like in this in this shop and it has like three or four stories and it's just full of retro video games. And then on the top floor is an arcade. But again, it's really famous. So it's, it's just packed full of people. And in that store, it's like uncomfortable because the it's really small like it, it's on four or five floors but it's it, each floor is tiny so you you kind of ushered in and you can't really look at anything and then and then you kind of are like all right well yeah i kind of walked through everything but didn't have really a chance to look at anything because there was too many people and then we went up to the arcade at the top and again the, the arcade is maybe like 10 retro arcade machines but there was less people there so that was kind of nice so we played i think we actually played super mario bros there uh which was cool and then yeah, then we went to Osaka and went to Universal Studios and went to the Super Nintendo Land, which was like probably actually the most stressful part of the trip because you basically buy a ticket for Universal Studios, which costs you like 60, uh, 60 euros, which is, is fine. But then it, that doesn't guarantee that you get into Super Nintendo Land. So what you actually, what you have to do is you have to go like line up to get into Universal Studios and then Universal Studios has an app where you can book like a timed entry slot to get into um, Super Nintendo Land. And as we were kind of traveling around, like we, because by the time we went there, we'd been in Japan like a, a week, I think. 
and you hear stories from from other travelers or other backpackers who said yeah you know oh we had to queue for like four hours to get into nintendo land because we couldn't the, the app didn't work and we couldn't get a a time slot and then oh yeah and like you need to do this and do that and what actually ended up happening was we went to a, a video game bar called space station in osaka where again you go into this bar and the bar is like the size of probably a regular sized living room in in like a regular sized house i would say it's like really small and they just have little stations where there's like one station that is set up for snes one station is set up for i think gamecube one station is set up with an xbox 360 and then they have like this really small bar where they serve like uh like video game themed drinks like i think i had like a dr mario which was like <laughs> like had about five different shots of alcohol in it and was bright blue um and we got talking to the guy in the bar there and he was like oh he actually works in uh in universal studios at a bar there too and he was like oh do you want to go to the super nintendo land and we were like yeah but we you know we got told we should get there early and we have to line up for a long time and he was like he basically showed us on the map he's like oh you go to like this location and in this location they they they, they sit they give out the the timed entry tickets and to me, it kind of sounded like, you know, you know, in like movies where there's like a guy in like a long trench coat and he opens up the trench coat and he's like, hey, you want to buy some of this stuff? That's kind of the way he said it. It reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, I mean, like everyone else told us we should just line up. But yeah, OK, fine. So then, um, yeah, then we get there. And it's also funny in Japan because it's like the, they say the opening time is nine. But then so then it's like, oh, well, you should get there like half an hour earlier. But then they actually say. Well, actually, they they open half an hour before the open time, so you should get there an hour before the opening time. And then on some days, the opening time changes, and the website was terrible, so you just never knew. So we're like, all right, let's just try and get there like an hour and fifteen minutes before it opens. Hopefully, that means we'll get in quickly, and we can just go straight to Nintendo Land and get and line up. And anyway, so we got there like an hour before and uh yeah it was it was already packed like it was full of people it was pouring down with rain and we were stood there with our like umbrella in, in our raincoats we didn't even have umbrellas and then that's when the stress starts kicking in we like oh my god like the only reason i've come to this park is to go to new uh, super nintendo land and oh, there's so many people here like what if i can't get in and anyway so they open the gates and it takes again like maybe 40 minutes for us to get in after after they open the gates and then it's just like all right we have to just rush rush let's just get to nintendo land and get in the line and then as we're going there i'm looking at the app and um i can see like oh this is where the guy said that we should go look for this uh for this guy's like giving out the tickets and i was like let's just go and have a look and try and it's like and it was basically like in this park and from the outside, all you could see was the, like the bushes of the park. You couldn't actually see in it. So we went in and then as we went in, there was about, I don't know, like 15 like ticket or um, what they called in English ticket, like uh, dispensers where you go in and it was like a touch screen. And it was like, ah, oh, yeah, you want it. And all it did was give out these tickets for Nintendo World. So it was like, oh, yeah, what time do you want to have the to go in? So we were like, all right, so we'll, we want to go in between 10 and 11. They printed out a ticket. And then we were like, oh, cool. So we've got like an hour and a half now to just enjoy the park while everyone else is lined up for Nintendo Land. So I mean, yeah, we walked straight onto the, the Jaws ride and we walked straight onto the Jurassic Park ride and then we walked around a little bit and then we walked to Nintendo World. And uh, yeah, there was this massive, massive line. And because we had the ticket, they were like, no, no, just go to the front of the line and scan it because you, you're within your time frame. And then they, they kind of, yeah, 
just let us in and then we're like oh we're in now and then we then basically as you walk in on the left there is there is like a stand that is selling the like the wristbands like uh, you've probably seen them like there are these wristbands that you can use to interact with the app and then you can touch them again stuff and it kind of activates in your app and I was like, yeah, you know, I think it's a bit stupid, but I would really like to buy one. It's just having like a souvenir. And then, yeah, so then we waited in this line for like 20 minutes until we got one. And then, uh, yeah, then you go in and you go through the warp pipe, which is really cool. And it just kind of opens up and then you have like, yeah, Nintendo World, which it just looks right now. It just looks like the Mushroom Kingdom. And it's really well designed because as you, you, you go in, it's like it's like the, the Zelda part uh, um you know like oh this is the world like you can see everything at once but it's actually like really really small and then what they do is is they take you down so that you kind of like below everything and as you look up all you can see is is the nintendo stuff so you can't see like right next to it is hogwarts for example and and the harry potter world but you can't see it because you're kind of down and it's just so well designed that like everywhere you look, there are like little Easter eggs, like in there, for example, there's, there's the Pikmin and there are all of the question mark blocks. And if you go and bang it with your, your wrist, it activates your watch and then you collect some um, some coins and there's like a leaderboard every day for who collects the most coins or whatever. But my God, it was full of people. It was so busy. Like like in the in the park itself there is only two rides um there is the the ar mario kart ride and there is a yoshi's like i don't know what it's called but it's a yoshi ride which is like a kid's ride it's basically you just sit inside a, a yoshi and it goes slowly around uh, the park like above it so you can look down and that's all there is and then everything else is kind of like mini games that um affect this app so there's like ones where you have to it's like a slot machine and you have to stop each reel on a star and if you do you get coins and but they're really just like like mini games they aren't rides or anything and everything had a line everything was full and full of people and we were like well we're here now like we you know we were stressed out about it we spent like i think these wristbands were like 30 euros each like we spent a fortune on these wristbands we should at least go on the mario on the mario kart ride like it's the main the main event there and uh yeah so anyway we got in the line and the line said yeah it's going to be two hours and then we thought we'd gone in the singles line because you can go in like if singles it means like you, you just if there's a spare seat on a on a on a cart because each cart has four positions they were uh, it just means you can just go on there but it might mean that me and my wife didn't go together on the same cart anyway we ended up in the wrong line so we ended up in the regular one for two hours and then my my wife wasn't very happy about that but i was like look we're it's an experience you know we're never going to probably come back and this is the main ride we should experience it and then actually this was something that like we we found was like a theme in in japan in general is usually their time um like suggestions you could just cut it in half especially whenever it was to do with waiting because i think the japanese are just so efficient that they just have things so well organized that you never wait that long so we, ended, we only ended up waiting like an hour or an hour and 10 minutes got on the ride and the ride is kind of cool because you, you you go and you get these like uh, and this is like spoilers for the ride i don't know if, you, if people maybe are planning to go and they don't want to be spoiled but this is the ride uh you go in and you get like this this mario themed cap that has like a magnet on it and then they give you these uh ar goggles that are just like they're, they're not vr they're just it's just like glass in front of you and then you sit down in this car with a steering wheel with two buttons on it and then the car like moves through an actual physical space and as you look around on the AR glasses, it's projected like a, a Mario Kart race. And the idea is that it's, it's Team Mario against Team Bowser. 
and you have to basically look with the glasses and then with the uh the steering wheel shoot your shells at, at enemies and it's meant to be like a tournament so you, you within your car of four people it's like a leaderboard with how many points each person has and it's kind of like it was a like to be honest it was okay like i think out of all of the rides and everything we saw at universal it was the yoshi ride was the worst because it was just like it's just a kid's ride really but this one was also like probably the second worst like it was the most like it was like a cool experience but the ride itself was like you were just looking around and then maybe mario would fly past you and then there was one bit where you go on rainbow road that was really cool but the rest of it was more just kind of like oh what am i supposed to be doing where am i meant to be looking like oh i feel like i'm only seeing half of the image because i'm looking to the right and i know something's happening to the left but i need to look to the right to shoot and yeah it was a little bit of a letdown but I'm so glad we kind of experienced it. And that was kind of like the Nintendo world as, as whole, to, in, in whole, I would say. It's a bit like, maybe a little bit overhyped for what it is. Like, I think, I, I could imagine that in the future they extend it. And it's like, oh, here is, here is the Hyrule land. Here is, I don't know, uh, like the Metroid land. Here is some other kind of Nintendo theme land. Like, that would be really awesome. Like, to be able to go to each one and each one have like its own little mini park. But to be, to be honest, yeah, I think like it was a little bit overhyped. And what we ended up doing was we then went around all of the rest of the parks and like went to the, this, in, in Japan, they have like the Harry Potter world and then there's like a universal, um, not universal, a United States kind of area. And yeah, it's just this massive park with all of these rides. And then later on, like really just before the parks closed, we were like, oh, let's go back again. And then we went back then and there was a lot less people there. So it meant we could actually do some of the, the mini games too, which which made the experience a lot more because the mini games are really nicely designed. And it's kind of like you have to do, you have to do, do three of them and then you get three keys. And then if you get all three keys, you then go to a special area where only people with these keys are allowed to go. And then you have like a fight against uh, Bowser Jr. there. And like I said, then you have this companion app where it's like it's like a sticker book, so you get stickers for doing activities, and then uh, each sticker awards you with a certain amount of, of coins. And then, like I said, at the end of it, there is a leaderboard for the day of who has the most coins. And then there's also a leader, like a global leaderboard of all time, and you can see the people who have like millions and millions of coins, who I assume must be people that work there. But yeah, I don't know. And yeah, it was a really cool experience. Like I said. It, it was probably my least favorite part of the park but it was still like a really cool experience and yeah it's uh yeah that's that's video games for you like i think you can see you can see how popular mario is and i think maybe that's why it was also so busy because it's a new park and also the movie just came out and uh yeah it was packed full of people but yeah it is what it is uh yeah i just wanted to kind of talk about it just in case people were interested and like I said, there are some pictures on, on my Instagram if you want to also look at the, the pictures too. And yeah, Japan in general, like I won't go into too detail, too much detail about the rest of my trip, but the trip was awesome. It was actually my honeymoon and me and my wife were there for three weeks. So we really enjoyed ourselves. But yeah, guys, that has been episode 17 of the Beat Your Backlog podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Like I said, it's been very Japanese centric and uh, I mean, splitting it up into two. I hope you enjoyed the Nintendo Direct part if you don't really care about me. Um, but if you also were interested in the Nintendo, in the Japan part and the Nintendo Land part, I hope you enjoyed that too. If you did, please make sure you give us a five star rating on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to the podcast because reviews and five stars help new people find the podcast and we would like new people to listen thank you so much for listening hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time
拜拜。